0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Corbin Carroll made his triumphant debut on Monday night. We saw injuries to Tony and Justin Verlander, and we saw pitcher disasters all over the place. Plus, how many pitchers go in the first two rounds of the main event next year? That and more on the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson, Fred Zinke, with you here. Uh, a lot to talk about here. Uh, it was a busy Monday. Even if the small slate, there's a lot of actionable stuff going on. Fred, what's going on? How are you doing?
2: I'm good. I didn't have pitchers on any of my most important teams starting last night, and it was a good night to say that. So today, I'm feeling pretty good.
1: Oh, good, good for you. I'm happy for you. Yeah, Um, you're not,
2: you're not feeling quite the same way.
1: I'm not feeling too magnanimous. No, um, had Miles Michaelis going in my main event team that's in the top ten right now. Eight nothing lead in the fifth inning. Eight nothing couldn't get out of the fifth inning. Ridiculous. That's as this is the Scott Jenstad phrase, I'm totally stealing it from it. He went full Zambrano on us there that couldn't finish a full, you know, finish an easy win. Just brutal. All he had to do was get three outs in the fourth inning. And the, the guys he was giving up homers to, I mean, just total jabronis for the Reds. I mean, no, I'm a Reds fan. I can say this here. They were not anybody that you expect to get knocked around by. Uh, and. That that's that that set the tone for the evening. Corbin Burns got knocked around. Frankie Montas got knocked around. Ranger Suarez had a huge lead, seven nothing lead, and couldn't. Fi- Not only did he couldn't finish, but his team even lost. Straight up lost. Uh, some really brutal Monday starts.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The the I know what you mean about the Michael's one. That especially facing that Reds lineup that is like you know mostly a AAA lineup right now, and yeah. then you're in the you're in the fifth inning eight nothing lead and you can't even get through it that one's really frustrating although i mean they all they all are and i i think yesterday's pitching performances will cause or have caused a lot of standings to move because it was a monday so and because it was a monday a lot of those pitchers were active this week even some of the yeah. the, the lower end guys because people are trying to make a move right now and the way to do it is to compile innings and cross your fingers that the innings are good ones. So they start the, the two star pitchers right now, a right? More recklessly. And so in the end, a lot of it probably backfired last night and caused other people uh, to move up in the standings.
1: Well, same men event team also has Tony Gonsolin. So I lost two steps this oh. week. Uh, that, that That's bad. And so. Michaelis, had, I, I basically didn't have a choice. Michaelis had to be active for me. The thing is, we're chasing saves. We have three levers out of the nine spots active right now, uh, so that's what we're hoping for. And maybe in some point we might even go five four. We repicked up Sir Anthony Dominguez with the relatively positive news that he could be back in a week or two. So we'll see about that. But uh, you know, you know. So, but the problem is that makes all those other starts that much more important. When you're going five or six starters, you need those guys to not hurt your ratios and michael certainly did that uh yeah the guys that that hurt him we're talking the legendary tj friedel Stuart fairchild Stuart doesn't have any friends uh (laughs) and chucky robinson are the guys that went deep three homers in one inning
2: brutal yeah yeah it's uh yeah total total meltdown at the worst time even if that meltdown had just happened in the sixth inning Right. Like, even if he had just finished five and it didn't melt it down in the sixth and then he hurt your ratios, but he got the win. But he got the win. You'd take it. So, right. Yeah. Right. Although, for
1: me, right now, the ratios are more important than the wins. Ratios are the thing Uh,
2: for
1: you. Yeah. Only because we have a ton of wins in that league. Uh, We're we're lucky there. Uh, Brian Bayo is someone that is a little riskier that it was a two Mm -hmm. step this week. He got the loss. I mean, he wasn't horrible. He, He, in fact, he had a shutout going into the fifth inning, couldn't get out of the fifth inning. I lied. He didn't have a shutout. He had a out a run in the fourth. Uh, ended up giving uh, three runs and four plus. So
2: eight base runners. So he hurt your ERA. Sometimes I think yeah. sometimes I think as fantasy managers, we overreact to he hurt your ERA. But then you look and he's like, oh, and I'm like, oh, he didn't really hurt your whip or vice versa. You right. know, oh, he gave up nine base runners in five innings. Oh, but he only gave up one run. So, OK, that's OK. Or he gave up four runs in five innings. Oh, but he only gave up four base runners. Right. Oh, OK. He hurt your ERA, and he hurt your web. And he only got you two strikeouts.
1: So. But the hurt was marginal. I mean, yeah. three runs isn't going to kill me at the yeah. end of the day. It, yeah. It's not. He's not. He's not. He's not going Nathan Iavaldi on our ass here. I mean, he he's at least, you know, he, he he's hurting us, but he's not like he's not destroying us. There yeah. were a lot of bad pitchers yesterday. How about Jose Barrios against the Cubs? Home against the Cubs. Four runs, ten hits. And five and two thirds. Jays rallied after he left, of course. Uh, because when Javier Assad's on the mound, you can't score for sure. Uh, that's two two relatively good outings for Assad so far. Uh, you know, Corbin Burns, you know, boy, took a risk doing the two-step with him home against the pirates. Yeah, you know, he could he got hit. Do you see that shot by O'Neill Cruz off of him? Yes.
2: Yes. I saw that shot because I believe you, I think it was you who directed my attention to that shot on Twitter, just commented on it. And I was like, Oh, I better, I better check that out. As I was watching my Jays try to claw their way back. I I thought, yes.
1: Well, that and the Bryce Harper shot were the two that uh, I was wowing over Bryce Harper's was, it wasn't a Homer, but uh, it was a double, just like 114 off the bat. And it sounded every bit of that. The the audio was really good on that one. O'Neill Cruz, man. He he he's a boomer bust guy but that boom is the amplitude of that boom is so so nice. I'm I will overvalue him next year. Uh the numbers will not I mean because of the strikeouts I'm I'm going to have to manually boost his projection, but I'm going to manually boost his projection.
2: Yeah, I I think I'll be the opposite. I'll be the person who doesn't get O'Neal Cruz because I project him reasonably and I don't manually boost his projection and then someone like you in all my leagues will go for it and you know what admittedly it's not a terrible strategy because sometimes these these really good prospects who are struggling at the beginning in some ways sometimes they do just all of a sudden take off like a shot we've seen that with some of them where you know they're a 700 ops guy and you're like what's wrong what's not happening here and then all of a sudden boom they're an 850 ops a 900 ops guy so we've seen the tools from him Yeah, people are going to speculate on him heavily in draft season. I don't know if I'll be one of them, so I might not end up with any of them.
1: I mean, the smart play is to not to not to. But
2: uh, I, the conservative play, because if he does take off, like those guys right. are, I know it's more of a fantasy football term, but like they are league winners, you know, like even this year, like he struggled, he's hitting 206, but his 162 game pace is 34 homers and 17 steals. Right. So if I projected him, okay, so he's not going to play 162 games, but there's no reason he, He's a young athletic player. If he doesn't get hurt, he could play 150. So if I projected him for 30 homers and 15 steals, like he comes out, his 162 game pace right now is 101 RBIs. So, like, I'm mean, again, I'm not going to project that in the Pirates lineup, but if I, I could, I could very quickly, if I wanted to go optimistic on him and push that projected batting average even to 250, I could very quickly get myself to someone who belongs in the first five rounds, maybe four rounds of a draft, probably four rounds of a draft.
1: Right. He sits at 11 and six right now, despite the batting average and strikeouts. Um, Realistic chance of finish, finishing finishing fifteen ten in his rookie season with, yeah. uh, and and just all the in last contact, all yeah. the all of the athleticism. I mean, I just those are the guys that I feel like can take off. Um, no, I wasn't on Jazz Chisholm this year, and I kind of regret it. Now he got hurt, now so it's it's kind of a moot point. But it seems to me like that sort of profile, like you can you don't have to really squint to see it. I mean, you can see yeah. like oh, this guy could go nuts someday.
2: Oh, it's so obvious. When he makes contact, really good things tend to happen. He's shown us elite average exit velocity, elite elite maximum exit velocity. He can steal bases once he's on base. Like once he makes contact, good things happen. All he has to do next year is make contact. Not all he has to do. He could hit more fly balls and fewer grounders. But like, like generally, all he has to do next year is make more, make contact at a higher rate. And if he does that, he will take off.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it, either with right. more
2: homers or more steals or a better batting average, and it'll all lead to more runs and RBIs. He he will take off. It's just a matter of believing that next year he's ready to do that. He does. He turns 24 right after the season or right as the season's ending. So like, it's not like he's a super young prospect. He should be ready to. He doesn't have a ton of experience, but he should be ready to break out. Yeah, I, I don't I don't. There will be people in every draft. Maybe I'll end up being one of them. I don't know. I'll run the numbers over the winter and see where I end up with them. But I think he's going to go really high. Don't you? Like, I think he'll go h- higher than Bobby Witt went this year. Maybe as high as Witt went. No, I think he'll go higher than Bobby
1: You think he'll Witt. go in the third round?
2: Uh, I was going to say third and fourth third yeah. and fourth round, depending on, I could see him being maybe like a fourth round guy who makes a couple of plays in spring training. And then is going in the third in late March, maybe a fourth round. Like say when we do labor in February, he's like a fourth round guy. Do you think, do you think I'm accurate on that? Like in the right. I, ball? What I'm looking for, I'm, I'm going right to look to
1: see Ryan Roos, uh, article. Cause they, he did, it took part in a, uh, yeah. uh, the first seven rounds of a draft champions league with a lot of experienced veteran players. I want to mm-hmm. see where, uh, Cruz ended up there, but, uh, I, my thought is you probably didn't go that high now that I think about it there. But uh,
2: I could see him, though, being someone where when we get to the off season and the numbers are sitting there and people start looking at the numbers and then the buzz starts to grow. So I could I could maybe see like because that draft just happened like in the middle of the action down the stretch this year. I could see if we get to he, when we get to the winter.
1: He hasn't gone yet in that league seven rounds under in the books and he hasn't gone.
2: So I think he'll go much higher once if like, like unless he bottoms out in September, but if he has a reasonable September, he finishes the season with like 16 home runs, in rough what what's what will end up being roughly half a season. And he has sixteen home runs and he has like ten steals. And people start doubling that. And then people just start looking at just his age and his tools and start saying, Hey, maybe this guy could hit two forty. And then if he hits two forty, there'll be more steals. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna just double his steals. I'm gonna double them and add a few more. I don't know. I think he'll start I think he'll someone he's someone who will catch buzz in the off season.
1: I think you're right that he will catch buzz. I don't think it's gonna be Bobby Witt buzz. I think okay. We've seen enough of him. With wit. it was almost a kind of sight unseen sort of thing, right? right? Um, You know, we didn't get to see him in the majors. We didn't get to see his, you know, his struggles, you know, if you will. So from that standpoint, I, I think that that actually, I mean, I, I think when you actually see him and you see the strikeout rate in the majors, I think that tamps down the interest just a bit. So I'm going right. to say fifth round. Is where he ends up. Yep. Uh, just feet of my pants. Yes,
2: right. Still higher than, um, like, notably higher than he went in that initial uh, draft. So, correct. You still think there'll be some, some like Wander Franco going- or O'Neill Cruz next year? Who do you got? Um, I'm gonna take. Ah, that's a tough one. I'm gonna take. It is. I take Franco.
1: Yeah, uh, the question for me is like, oh, what does to do? I mean, I
2: know I might end up. T- I could see once I run the numbers. Like I said, if I even project Cruz to hit two thirty, I could see once I run the numbers, Cruz coming out on top.
1: You got Bobby Witt over uh, these guys, right? Both of those guys. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think part of the the problem with Cruz is is that there are a lot of great shortstops: Turner, Bichette, yep. Lindor, Tatis. I mean, we've talked about where he's going to go.
2: Yeah, fourth or fifth uh,
1: round, probably. Yeah. Yep, probably won't be me.
2: Uh, uh, I could see it being me sometimes. If that's where he is, I'll I'll project him for a like a heavy workload once he's once he's finally back. I'm I'm um,
1: starting in my mind. I'm pushing Cruz down now another round though. I'm looking looking at these right. results. I'm so it's sobering me up a little bit. I here. see Xander so, Bogarts and Dansby. I'm taking over O'Neill Cruz. I think. Maybe not yeah. Xander. We'll see. Uh, um,
2: yeah, maybe not. Dansby, yeah. I think I will. I guess. He's oh, I know to I'll take Dansby. Play. I want to see where Dansby signs, but he's going to sign a decent-sized contract on a decent team, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. Cruz this year, before getting the call, was only hitting 232 in AAA. Mm-hmm. So just to throw a little more cold water at him, like if someone's looking at the 200 average and saying like, oh, yeah, but once he adjusts to the majors – you know, he could really hit for average. Well, I don't know. Maybe, but at least in 55 games in AAA this year, he was only hitting 232. Last yeah. year he hit for average in the minors, but this year he wasn't hitting for average before he got called up either. And he was striking out, not as much as he is in the majors, but but a, a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Corey Seager setting a career high in homers already and we haven't reached September. I think I'd probably take Seager over Cruz.
2: Well, How do you not take Seager? I think he's just i know he doesn't steal you any bases but well he's only hitting 257 this year um mm. but his BABIP's really low this year i think i think you take seager
1: i think so yeah too. i think
2: so too how do you not take seager now you're yeah. pushing Cruz down but again only it's the old it only takes one in a draft room like it only takes one guy to love to, yeah. to fall in love with the, like the possibility of 30 homers and 20 steals
1: yeah, I'm feeling pretty much like I got caught in the moment there, Um and now I'm, I'm sobering up on this. Yeah, one here.
2: I don't know. None of the other, none of the players you mentioned, like even, like none of them can do the the combo homer steals that Cruz could do. Even Whit could, Swanson, even Swanson. Oh, Whit could easily. Oh, it could. Sorry, I meant sorry the like the boring veterans that we brought up. Right, right, Bogart, right. Bogart, sure. Swanson. I I already think of Swanson as kind of like a boring veteran. I know he's having a better year this year than he usually has, mm-hmm. but but he's a veteran. He's been in the league like half a dozen years. We kind of know what he is. Um yeah, this is kind of this is maybe his career year, at least one of his best years. I think it, the, I think yeah, wits wits ahead of him for sure in my opinion. There's just so many steals there. If um, you're
1: listening live, you're tuning yeah. in the live stream, chime in the comments, let us know where you're going to yeah. take O'Neal Cruz next year. If you're listening after the fact, tweet at Fred and I and uh yeah. like to hear this. I, I really want to know. Uh because I think it's actually a really tricky call. Uh, but these tricky calls are kind of where there is profit still to be had uh, or or loss for that matter. I mean, but the fact is, it's an unsettled question and we need more unsettled questions.
2: Yes, I, I could see Cruz also being like like a flag plant. you right. Like one mm-hmm. of those guys who a few people like you could be one of them plant their flag on in a January and February draft and say, I like you're not going to plant your flag on Xander Bogart's. No, but I,
1: I might on Seager. Um, he's just I,
2: a guy I think if you draft Corey Seager you're like hey, I think Corey Seager's really good and everyone else will say yeah, yeah. me too
1: yeah like, well okay I, I, I did flag plan on Dansby though um, so right. that that, that okay. one I'm going to argue you you can still flag plan okay I, I hope he stays in Atlanta by the way that
2: absolutely as Frankie Montas is showing when you're playing really well the best situation is just stay where you're playing really well no it's I, I should so
1: funny you said that because literally that's the next player I was going to talk about yeah Frankie Montas went six yesterday, four runs allowed, all earned, eight hits, no walks at least, but three homers. Since the trade, uh, he's had five starts with the Yankees, 7.01 ERA, 152 WHIP. K to nine is only seven. You know that's that's not that's not helpful at all. No. Uh, you know, I guess when you're giving up rockets, it's hard to strike people out. He's allowed five homers in that stretch. So yesterday was the only day that was really taterific but he's not missing bats.
2: No, and like like if you go back a bit on Montas like there's there's reasons to think that he's not. I feel I feel bad for him in some ways because mm-hmm. he got traded to the Yankees. He, he either went on the bereavement list. I think he went on the bereavement list before. He even made a start for them. Yeah. Either, I think that's how it played out. He was immediate cuz he didn't start for them till August 7th. 7th. So yeah. I think I know he went on the bereavement list right around the beginning of the month. So I didn't end up. I don't know if the details were public on why he went on the bereavement list, but I always feel bad for players when they are on the bereavement list because someone close to them has passed away. So, um, so I like that's a huge. You get traded from Oakland to the Yankees, New York, pressure city, going from Oakland, no pressure this year whatsoever. And you're also dealing with something in your personal life. And then all of a sudden you got a new catcher and a new team and a new park and you're just supposed to perform right away. His first start was at the Cardinals who have been an offensive juggernaut, as we discussed last week in the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, Then he goes to Boston, not an easy place to pitch. Then he plays Toronto, Their lineup's been up and down, but overall this year, it's still been one of the most effective lineups in baseball. Then he faces the Mets. They've had a pretty good lineup this year. Now, last night, that one's pretty disappointing. because Really bad lineup. The Angels are a team who just swept the Blue Jays over the weekend, but still, they're a team that he should have been able to get through. Otani got to him. That was kind of the big blow against him. I guess that's a little excusable. But even tracking back on Montas... I think the trade and everything else made some of us forget that, like he's also someone who went on the IL in July,
3: yep.
2: and didn't stay on the IL for long, right? So, yeah. So now I now I'm wondering. Oh, oh, sorry. Did he actually go on the IL? I think maybe he didn't go on the. Yeah, IL. He,
1: uh, yeah. He had the shoulder though,
2: but he had. That's right. So I don't want to miss. I'm just saying he he probably should have gone on the IL. He was was out. He missed some time in July. He didn't start from July 3rd to July 21st. Like I said, I'm not sure. I don't think they actually put him on the IL, but they should have. And, you know, we got a very, very small sample from him before the deadline. Like, he threw three innings when he first came back against a weak Detroit team. Then he threw five innings that were just okay against Houston. He gave up three runs, two earned on ten base runners um, in five innings. So not a great start. I wonder if he's not like a hundred percent and he hasn't been a hundred percent since the beginning of July when he went on the IL. Right. Or should, sorry, when he should have gone on the IL. Yeah.
1: Uh, Maybe uh, not that's 100%. a really good question.
2: Yeah. And I think we all just assume because the Yankees gave up these prospects and traded for him that he's fine. Right. But he doesn't seem fine. He hasn't seemed fine. Like you said, strikeout rates way down. Yeah. He doesn't seem fine at all.
1: So in June, he was he was like throwing his fastballs at like 98 nine, you know just short of 99 a lot of 98 mile an hour fastballs. Last night he was sitting more around like like the, the pitch that you know, got put in play or was a finishing pitch they like on baseball savant you can look at the velocities. He did touch 97 uh, 98.0 once uh, but it was more like 97.96. Uh, so maybe a slightly down in the velocity. You know, some of it might be defense. Some of it might be the catcher who he's throwing to, creature comforts, all these sort of things. Or it might be hurt, too. Uh, he pitched okay against the Mets to, uh, in his previous start. That was the thing. Yeah. Like, okay, I thought he's okay now. Maybe he's fine. No, you, you know, that, that outing against the, the uh, Angels was just hideous, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's he's locked into lineups for the rest of this week. so. Yep. You know, and again, most people probably started him because he's got a second start this week, which is at Tampa Bay mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the week. If that start doesn't go well, do you think it's time to start thinking of sitting him down? His So his start the following week would be is scheduled and I'd say highly likely to be home to Tampa Bay. I don't right. think that'll change. So if the I'd next probably
1: start-, start him that game, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, I, I mean I know it all depends this late in the season. I could this is a bit of a cop-out, but it depends what your options are. It depends where you are in the standings. Do your ratios matter more? Do you need wins? It
1: Whatever. depends on what happens in this next start, too. Yeah,
2: for oh for sure. For sure. I, I don't
1: like it facing the same team in back to back starts. I'll tell you that much.
2: Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true too. I I've moved I have I don't have him actually in many of my fab leagues. I have him in some of my draft champions leagues. Mm-hmm. And I have i started him everywhere this week because he had two starts and the angels one seemed really manageable obviously um right but i i have i had moved the last couple of weeks into like actually evaluating him as to whether i was going to start him or not he had right. moved out a, a pre, prior to that prior to, to july i just skipped past his name when i was setting those draft champions lineups he, he right. was he was going to be in
1: yeah now i'm not exactly. so sure no and i think that's valid yeah. uh Couple other pitchers. I mean, let's talk Corbin Burns for a second. Carlos Rodon, both also struggled yesterday. Rodon went four innings, gave up five runs, four hits, uh, four walks on Rodon. That's not good. Uh, you know, and then Burns. I mean, he was staked to a lead and gave it up against the Pirates. What a, you know, and that that's not that's not, not what we're looking for. He had a really horrible start the week before against the Dodgers too. Uh, had a chance to reinsert him into the Cy Young discussion. Uh, but got torched by the Dodgers and then uh, Sandy had a gem against the Dodgers on Saturday I think that kind of ends the NL Cy Young discussion yeah. but um, I, I don't want to declare anything over prematurely over but man it's going to take a lot now to change that
2: I, I agree and I, yeah there's something like Burns doesn't seem to be throwing his best right now if you go back and look So he's usually a really high strikeout pitcher in four, sorry, five of his last six starts. He has started struck out six batters or less. And usually Mm -hmm. if you go back and look at his other stretches throughout the year, he usually averages about eight strikeouts per start. He only has one start with more than six in his last six starts. So he's just not striking out batters at the same rate walk rate's, like, up a bit. It's not a huge problem. Mostly, I think it's just the lack of strikeouts. But as you said, like, that you kind of wrote off the start against the Dodgers. Like, it's while well, it's the Dodgers, they're just really good. They get to good pitchers sometimes. But this one's concerning when you add this one in. Um Yeah. But the big
1: issue is home yeah. runs. He allowed seven all last year. He's allowed 19 this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um
2: Probably a good reminder that just if anyone allows seven or something like that. that is, like
1: that's, you, there's some variance in that. Yeah, in absolutely.
2: Sure. Just can't be... It can't be sustainable. I still think he's great, but I he definitely doesn't seem to be at his best right now.
1: And he's not getting the the, the wins because, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, you know, it may not go as deep as others, but uh, or, or just doesn't play for the right team at the right time. He's averaging over six innings per start. Uh, arguably, I mean, 301, 099. I mean, these, these are good numbers. 195 strikeouts. It's just the homers. I mean, it's still a really good season. You're still drafting yes. him. In the first round next year, true or false? Fifteen teams.
2: I love Corbin Burns, so I would say for me, yes. Fifteen yeah. teams for sure. Twelve teams, I think I think he'll be like just an around the turn guy. Whether he's a first rounder or a second rounder just depends on whether the people at eleven and twelve want to lock him up or let him go through the turn and and, and lock up a hitter. I think he I think he's somewhere in there. Actually, this kind of segues into that topic that you mentioned at the beginning of how many pitchers are in the first two rounds. And I wanna
1: tackle that, but before we do that, time to insert a quick note from our Blue Wire sponsors. Let's do it. We're driven by
0: the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: All right, thank you Blue Wire. All of our podcasts are on the Blue Wire network. Uh so thank you guys there. All right, question asked. And now we're going to try to attempt to answer. How many starters go in the top 30 next year? You're playing the NFBC main event. So you're presupposing that it's an overall contest too. That you know, draft strategy doesn't allow you to completely punt something and at least if you want to uh, compete in the overall. Uh with that in mind, uh let and let's pull up and the further spice up this conversation, let's let's give you a good count on how many starting pitchers went in the, uh, the top first two rounds in the main event. This, this particular year, I'm going to pull up the ADP on sure. that. Give me a second on that while we're 20, talking. 28,
2: 28 or 29. How many do you think went in the first? No, I'm just kidding.
1: They do get pushed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> how many starters are in the first two rounds of the main event this year? Uh, 30.
1: Yeah. Let's see. There's Cole. I don't think it was a, I think it started because of the pushing of the, uh, The closers, I think that number is lower than you think. Otani will give like a third because I think most people who draft – I would say
2: I wouldn't give Otani anything because I think everyone who drafted him planned on basically just using him as a hitter. They might use him as a pitcher more now, but I don't think that was the plan.
1: There were five – There's five in the first round and two in the second round only. So seven total – Shane Bieber yeah. is at, in at 31. Noel is at 32. Wheeler's at 34. So there are plenty of instances where they, they made it to that. Right. But And Sandy at one point made it into the second. Huh. Going to take that L on Alcantara for me. I said, oh, he's going too high in redraft in the third round for me. Oops. I uh, got that one wrong. Uh, I just, I didn't think he'd repeat. Uh, I, I kept him all my keeper leagues on profiting Hampson only there. But in the, uh, the main, I did not take him. But so it was Garrett Cole, Corbin Burns. Uh, Walker Bueller, yeah, that's obviously you know, not going to happen. Out, sure. yep. Woodruff Scherzer, uh, Giolito, not going to happen. And Urias, who, which will happen, by the way.
2: Urias was in the top 30. Eh?
1: Yeah, he was in the uh, top
2: 30. I didn't see that. I thought, I, wow, that's a, yeah, I, I, I get it. That's a main event thing for sure. I felt like in all my just regular satellite type leagues, he was more like 35th. 36. So that's, that's a, that's a main event type. Well, let me tell you,
1: I took him in the middle of the second round in the online main event. Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah. yeah, But yeah. So I think that's a main event type thing.
1: Remember that was when we had the news on DeGrom being out. And Mm -hmm. I think if I recall correctly, even Scherzer had an issue at the beginning of the season, a little bit there. Uh, But I'm going to pull up that draft board just to see a little bit there to see what the dynamics were, how many pitchers were gone before I took him. But I I was sitting in, I was team seven. So I took him on the comeback in the second round. I'm really glad I did. One, two, three, four, five. The same five were in the first round. Giolito went uh, 2.2 in that one. And then I took Urias as the seventh starter. And that was it. Only seven starters were in the first round. But I knew, like, you know, when you sit at seven, you know, those other starters that you're considering aren't going to make it back to you. And that was the case here. Wheeler, Ray, Bieber, and Nola all went before it got to my third round pick. Verlander went at 311 oh, oh, Verlander, Alcantara 311, 312, Webb 313, those were all I mean, Webb's not in the same universe as those two, but he hasn't mm-hmm. Killed you either, but mm-hmm. Point is, though, I wonder uh, It's actually a little bit more temperate than I would Have expected
2: Yes, my gut says that there will Be next year fewer First round pitchers and More second round pitchers Then I think they'll slide a bit Just in the sense that Cole and Burns haven't like totally lived up to like Cole's been good. Like it's hard to complain. He's already at 200 strikeouts. He's got a one on one whip, but I think the 331 ER is a little higher than people were expecting. He's not among the wins leaders. I know that's fickle, but it matters. Right. I think Cole will push. I think Cole. He's still in there. Obviously, I could just see maybe there being way less than five in the first, but more in the second.
1: Well, I I, I think your instincts are right. If I'm looking at Ryan's article again, which lists those first seven rounds, first seven rounds, (laughs)
2: yeah,
1: it was three and then eight in the second round, right? Uh, only one closer in the second round that was Diaz. Um, but uh, Classe went early third, Romano went in the third in that one too, but Verlander dropped again into the third round, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, his injury, by the way, isn't an arm injury. And it seems like it's not even that serious. It's, it's an injury, but it's not like a long-term one. No, we always say that though. We'll see if there's any setbacks, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, I think we get more hitters pushed up. I, I think people are going to start looking at the construction of the teams. and I, I could be wrong about this one, but the teams that are doing well, a lot of them were pretty heavy hitter centric early. Now, uh, it, it may not be, or, or that I think more hitter centric centric than I thought uh, I, I need to verify that I will, I'm going to go through that there. And, you know, probably I'm hoping knock on wood, I'm going to be hyper analyzing a lot of these other teams in the top 10 and seeing where I need to root for and against. Uh, and when I do that, I'll, t- I'll be able to kind of tell on draft construction there too.
2: So I think, I think if we go through a few of the names, I think, I think we'll see where, like, where, why they won't go in the first round just with the question marks. So, in the sense that, okay, let's look at Verlander and Scherzer. They're both very old, next, even older next year, very Mm -hmm. old. There's no way those guys go in the first round at their age, right? Like, there's no, no chance.
1: Some chance. We'll see.
2: On Verlander, like, Scherzer didn't even go in the first round this year. Yeah, he did. We did. Okay. I felt like he was more like an early second. Oh, I guess I am. Now I'm back to that. I wasn't in the main event this year in my leagues. He would usually go like 20th. So I bet in the main event, he snuck into the top 15. Yeah. Yeah. Like in say my, like in my super league and things like that, I felt like he more went early second round, but yeah. Okay. So you think Scherzer, if he throws, he's only thrown 122 innings. If he throws 150 innings this year, do you think he can get into the first round next year?
1: I think there's a chance. Uh, okay. I'm going to pull up the – let me pull up the – But you 80 think 80 him
2: maybe. and Verlander for sure, to answer the original question we we're talking about, are both in the top two rounds?
1: Verlander, no. I mean, Verlander went 43rd in this, this one draft here already, and that's, wow. that's sharp players. So a lot of very sharp players.
2: Not a lot of Verlander faith, even though he's not much – he's only a year older than Scherzer. Scherzer's and,
1: average pick in the main this past year was uh, 14, or this right. current year. Right. By the so
2: way. look, just comparing him and Verlander, like Verlander, Scherzer had a better strikeout rate this year. Verlander has better ratios. Um, their FIPS about the same. They they both pitch on good teams. I don't know. They're not much to, there's not much between them to really prefer one over the other. They're going to throw about right. the same amount of innings, assuming Scherzer kind of catches Verlander mostly while he's out. Right. Um, yeah, they're going to throw about the same amount of innings. I'm going to put them both – I think in the second round.
1: That's fair. I can I think that.
2: someone will go in on Verlander just coming off like this mm-hmm. remarkable season. Okay, so they're second rounders. Cole and Burns. Are they do they stay in the first round? They're one two in strikeouts. Yeah, right
1: now. I think so. Uh, they did in this draft.
2: Yeah, uh, they're one two in strikeouts. They both have a whip around one. They both do have good ERAs. they're not like like the Verlander ERA, but they both have good ERAs. I think they both I think they both stay ahead of Scherzer and Verlander.
1: I think so. I think so. Okay,
2: Nola, does he get up to the second round? Yeah. He's kind of right there. He's going to get 200 strikeouts this year, probably about 215.
1: I I think Nola's consistently underrated. In fact, I think you can make a pretty good good case that he should be a top three guy in the NL Cy Young race this year. And he doesn't get it. I think the interesting ones are. I think Degrom's like a hyper interesting one. Degrom, like what yeah, do De, with Degrom.
2: Yeah, I mean, right now, someone probably takes Degrom in the second round, just on the possibility. I still don't think Degrom's a first rounder, unless, like, unless he like leads the Mets to the World Series. I still don't know if he's a first rounder. I just think the injury risk with him is so high. But again, mm-hmm. it only takes one person, and it's a big contest. Yeah someone at, at 12 it, like at the main event is just a little different it only takes someone picking say 10th or 12th or 14th to say I'll go for DeGrom. If if he if he's hurt most of the year my team doesn't get any money if but if he's healthy maybe I can get in the race for the big money
1: yeah uh, so
2: right. yeah. I I think he gets in the first two rounds Shane McClanahan gets in the first two rounds for sure I think he can 100%. get first, I think he could get in the first round
1: yeah especially with the main event main event inflation the one I'm looking yeah. for is not uh Obviously, the one I'm looking for is, uh, yeah, is obviously a DC. So maybe it's a little bit different. Uh, mm-hmm. But in a main event, we always have some extra inflation involved.
2: Yeah, I, I think McClanahan. He just has fewer. Assuming he finishes the year fine, like he doesn't have the age question marks of Verlander and Scherzer. He performed great this year. He's on a team mm-hmm. that pitches really well and tends to do. You know, their pitchers do well. So I think he's in. Right, you think you think Urias is in?
1: I mean, what has he done to not justify the yeah. price this year? He just I mean,
2: just not have a really good strikeout total. That's about it. I, I,
1: I'll, I'll take think what he, he take did again. It. I mean, yeah. and a lot of that was early too. Keep in mind, he's been nails lately. I mean, he's yeah, gotten sure. better. Those, remember, we were doing the "What's wrong with Her- Julio Urias" segments earlier yeah. on this season. Besides yeah. my inability to pronounce Urias or Urias or what how you know <laughs> properly, uh, it's yeah. one of those mental blocks for me.
2: He is still, if I was going to, like, just, and I have him on my most important team, if I was going to say anything negative about him, um, he, so his strikeout rates haven't really gone up. He is outside the top 25 in strikeouts, and that's without an IL stint. So he's pitched all year, and he still can't, has, is not in the top 25 right now in strikeouts, which is just, that's a little disappointing for a pitcher you take in the second round.
1: For sure. I, I think yeah. that's valid. But then again, you get the Dodger win benefit.
2: Yeah. And... Oh, Al Contra. Al Contra is in the. Oh first yeah, first, He's might be in the first round. He's in the first two rounds.
1: Yeah, I think he gets pushed up to the first round. Yeah. He, and he was, he was the fourth pitcher taken in this draft that I'm looking at too. He's
2: a really interesting one. Like I love him, but he's a really interesting one in that, like his strikeout, even with the massive amount of innings this year. Right now, he's tenth in strikeouts. Mm-hmm. But that's like I said, with the massive amount of innings, um, he just doesn't have the strikeout juice that some no. of these other guys have. Mm-hmm. So, but I, he so also
1: he, doesn't get the organizational juice like Urias gets. Right.
2: Right. That's right. At least a nice park to pitch in. So that's good. Um, but that's it. Dylan Cease. Can he get into round two?
1: Oh, he can get around one.
2: I don't, I feel like his whip's too high to get in round one.
1: He did oh, in this draft. Wow. All it takes so, is one, man. I mean, you, know, you dream true. on those strikeouts, right? I mean, yep.
2: so right now he's fourth in strikeouts in baseball and very close to to getting to being higher than that, like he's not far behind the guys.
1: Right. And they're going to baby hit that. You figure they're going to let him loose a little bit more next year and he'll throw deeper in the games, is the theory, Maybe. right?
2: Yeah. He's just not a whip guy. Like his career was 128. This year it's 112. Right. Babip of 270. Um, like when you go and plug him into an SGP calculator or something, like that 112 whip, if you're projecting something like a 112 whip next year and then you have Burns at 1.0, and you have Cole at 1.0. And you got McClanahan at maybe 0.95. Like that's going to hurt him in those comparisons. Right. It's whether the strikeouts will make up for it. I'll say he still gets in the second round because people dream on the strikeouts.
1: So I'm going to tell you there's a pitcher right now who is fourth in earned auction values in the RotoWire earned, au- earned auction value calculator for starting pitchers. He's fourth right now. Did not, was not one of those top 11 starting pitchers. Did not go in the third round of this said draft. Did not go in the fourth round of this draft. Did not go in the fifth round of this draft. I'm trying to see if he actually went at all. Point being is, no, I don't think he went. I don't think he went at all. Now I'm looking at it here. and Maybe that's a, I'm overlooking it because it's not searchable. Just a screenshot. Uh, but I don't believe I see him anywhere here. Wow. Um,
2: I know. I, think, I know who you're. I think I know who you're talking about.
1: <laughs> he has a lot of wins.
2: He does. He ju- Tony Gonsolin does have yes, a lot of wins. Just went on
1: the minute. IL. Yeah. He 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 is got better ratios than Sandy Alcantara. I think better than pretty much pretty much everybody. anybody in the NL. Although yeah. he doesn't qualify because he only has 128 innings, which answers why he's not getting taken there. And the stri- you know, he's got a lot lot fewer strikeouts. But so I think this is a. I think sometimes the sabermetric crowd is really really sharp. We know not to overvalue wins. We look at innings matter; they really do matter. But despite that, he's getting just elite, elite ratios: two ten and zero point eight six five on the WHIP. I mean, that's you can you can survive an innings hit if you're getting that sort of uh, sort of production. But now he's got the uh, and this was before obviously he had the arm issue, and now he's on the IL. Now it sounds like he's only going to miss a couple of weeks, so I'm not going to cut Gonsolin. I was thinking about it at first, but now I'm a little bit more sanguine.
2: He, um, just looking at Gonsolin, he, uh, like his ERA is 210, his FIPs 344. So his FIP doesn't really paint him as like an early, early round pitcher. That being said, like how many Dodgers pitchers are we seeing outperform their FIP? So Mm -hmm. like if this was a guy who was outperforming everything on just a typical team, you'd be like, oh, this isn't sustainable. But so many guys are doing this on the Dodgers and winning a lot of games. And we know the Dodgers are going to be awesome again next year. That could somebody reasonably project Gonsolin for 15 wins next year and not a ton of strike. It's going to be like 140. Mm
3: -hmm. And then,
2: but then really great ratios. And if you did that, would he come out? I don't think he's, I don't think he gets in the second round or anything at that point, but I don't know. I feel like he gets in the fourth round.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Um,
2: fourth round, like he's your number two.
1: I could see it. Uh Tony Gonsolin or Kyle Wright next year. Who do you got?
2: Who um I will take Tony Gonsolin. I'll take Tony yeah.
1: How about uh Tony Gonsolin or you Darvish next year?
2: Oh, that's a tough one. Um Gonsolin.
1: I think I take Darvish.
2: Just to get the, the K's strikeouts. are there,
1: the innings are gonna be there. Good team, they're gonna be good next year.
2: Darvish um, and Kyle, Darvish, and Kyle Wright have basically the same strikeout total, but Darvish does have Darvish, Darvish also has a way better whip. I might when I run the numbers, it might be Darvish.
1: Yeah. I look at remember Darvish has a higher ERA, but he had that one hideous outing earlier in the season. Remember, that was like yeah. I mean, everyone gets hit every once in a while, but he, he's a lot higher than that. Uh, but Gonsolin's hurt now. Verlander's hurt now. Nestor Cortez is hurt now. Yes, that's a Cortez is an interesting one for next year because we know that there's going to be some limitation innings. I almost feel like this is one of those, oh, let's limit his innings, put him on the IL sort of thing, except for the fact that the Yankees are hurting for starting pitching right now.
2: True. And for wins, really, like that they're just kind of generally slumping. Yeah. So maybe it's not. Um, Yeah, he'll be an interesting guy for sure next year. I think he'll go pretty early next year. I'm going to say like he's a low end number two or something like that. I think he'll go pretty early next year. Okay. Yeah. I just, he's a Yankee. Yankees are really popular. People notice guys on the Yankees He's had a really great year and he's pretty much kept it up. Like he got off to a great start. Like he's mostly kept it up. I'm not saying he's been just like been able to match it every month, but. Right. I'm kind of nervous about him next year. Yeah, I could see that. The first couple of months his ERA in both those months was under two. June it ballooned a bit, but then July 260, August 333. So in those two months, like he kind of showed maybe a little more that he could be like a three, low threes ERA pitcher. I I know what you mean about being a little nervous about him.
1: Yeah. We're going to talk some uh, hitters here in a second, but first got a quick note from uh, one of our sponsors. The weather is heating up, and so are the promotions at Caesar Sportsbook. By the way, the way, the weather's really heating up out here on the West Coast. It's going to be 109 on Sunday out in California. Wow. Today, anyone who is at least 21 years old and in a licensed Caesar Sportsbook state can create a new account and redeem the Caesar Sportsbook promo code ROTO15. That's R-O-T-O-1-5. The promo code gives new users a risk-free first bet up to $1,500. Visit Caesars.com slash sportsbooks or download the Caesars Sportsbook app today. And don't forget to use promo code ROTO15 when signing up. Fred, we had a big debut yesterday. Corbin Carroll made his debut for the Diamondbacks They keep on calling up some of these prospects. They're loaded right now. They got a great farm system. Starting to play a little bit of better ball. They swept the White Sox over the weekend. They rallied to beat Ranger Suarez in the Phillies last night. Carroll had one of the big hits in that one here. His first major league hit was a double. And I think it knocked in the go ahead and run, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, You know, he, he should be fun going forward. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he plays like five, six days a week going the rest of the way.
2: Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's quite possible. And I, you know, when I looked at his, his line last night I was like actually it wasn't that great of a debut he just went one for five but because it was such an offensive onslaught from his team in general he managed to pick up two rbis and score two runs so just a fun debut for him where his teammates took the pressure off him by hitting so well um he's got a really for people who you know still have are going to have access to him this week like a really intriguing skill set for fantasy 24 homers, 31 steals in the minors in 93 games this year um, and a 307 batting average. So he strikes out a fair amount, uh, but he also walks a decent amount, too. Right. So and I agree with you. I think they're going to play him. I think he'll hit lower in the lineup, but I think they're going to play him a lot the rest of the way.
1: To your point, he batted uh, eighth yesterday and Mm -hmm. he did strike out uh, one time only didn't walk. But, yeah, he does typically control the strike zone pretty well. But we've seen, as with his teammate, Alec Thomas, that. There can be uh, some growing pains when it comes to all of this here still, too. Alec Thomas is hitting 240, 290, 364 right now, as a case in point. Uh But they've got all these interesting young guys going on. they got Jake McCarthy playing a lot. Stone Garrett, what a name. He's playing a lot right now. Uh, They called up Emmanuel Rivera. They got him uh, in the Luke Weaver trade. They're giving him a little decent run of playing time. Right now, Emmanuel Rivera. Did you know that he's hitting two sixty five, three eighty three, five seventy four? I believe that's just with the Diamondbacks, not total for the season. But
2: it is, yeah,
1: yeah, pretty pretty good, nice little run. Uh, you know, he's not in the lineup today against Aaron Nola, uh, so that's actually one of those like, okay, fine, I'm good with that. Let's we'll re- regroup tomorrow. But since the trade from the uh, Royals, he, he's had uh, five of his eleven homers in nineteen games. So nice little run for him.
2: Yeah. Now I will say, like I was, I was kind of interested in him, and then I kind of backed off. He, he got off to a nice start with them. Um, mm. He hit, but part of that was a two-homer game at Coors, and sure. then since then. Like, I think he has, I think since they left Coors, he has one home run or something okay, like that. That so, makes sense. Yeah. So he had, he had a, he had a stretch, well, a really short stretch where he hit a homer against the Pirates, then immediately went to Coors and hit two homers. So if, if in his last, what is this now here, 11 games. So since they, since they left Coors, uh, he's hitting 200 with one homer. So he's kind of slowed down since then. But I agree with you that the lineup is intriguing. I think Stone Garrett is an intriguing option. Yeah. Um, I actually, was writing an article for Yahoo in July. And one of the questions was who could be this year's Frank Swindell who gets called up because of the trade deadline and gets a full-time role. And then like is better and down the stretch than the guys who got (laughs) traded at the deadline. Um, And I picked Stone Garrett as like a long shot, but he has a, Mm -hmm. he has a neat power speed mix. He's an athlete. And I thought if they give him the opportunity, maybe he could uh, could be something down the stretch. Now he hasn't played quite enough. I think, He's not playing regularly enough now to factor in a lot of fantasy leagues, but it's got an 1174 OPS in his first six games. So I got to right. think he's going to get more opportunities.
1: I, I've heard the comparison made for Joey Mensis uh, is yeah. this year's Swin- Schwindel. Yeah. That one—that um, one's
2: more positionally makes sense. And as far as skill set, makes sense too. Yeah. This was got... before the trade deadline. So I was kind of looking through minor league rosters on the teams that would be sellers sure. and trying to find someone who I thought could, could get up. And I, Identify David Peralta traded Stone Garrett up. Maybe he swipes a bunch of bases down the stretch. He's only on one steal so far, but he's got one. That's something. Yep.
1: Mensis has got a 9.74 OPS, six homers, nine RBI. So a lot of runners on base there for uh, him. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there and
2: not that shocking for the team he's on. Right.
1: Exactly. There. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but that caught my eye. Uh, I also caught my roster. I picked up Corbin Carroll. Uh, so yay, yay me. Got him going there in Yahoo friends and family. I think oh, I never
2: thought of that one. Oh, I never think of that.
1: I know you didn't. Uh, I did that though when I was on air with Jen uh, said like we saw the quote from the GM like he is getting the call. It wasn't like a maybe. Isn't that um, playing time? There's some interesting stuff going on. I mean that this thing. It's really hard to pay attention. To everything the Cardinals refused to include Dylan Carlson in any trade and like reportedly refused to include him in any Juan Soto trade. Now Carlson doesn't play every day. Corey Dickerson's taken his spot more often than not. Cardinals, you really have to kind of pay attention really closely. They keep changing things. Paul DeYoung was a hot pickup for like a week or two, and now he's buried again. Uh, Carlson's sitting for uh, Corey Dickerson. Uh, it's it's kind of annoying that uh, you know you think like oh, this is a guy that they can't get rid of, but they can't play him either.
2: I think also Corey Dickerson's kind of forced their hand. Um, Like, no, I don't think anybody saw this coming. But since the All-Star break, he has 1,079 OPS and 67 plate appearances. So, I mean, and he's not like, like, I know some of it's luck. Like, he's only got two home runs. He doesn't have Mm -hmm. any steals in that time. He's just, he's hitting 431 since the all-star break. So he's just yeah. collecting like multiple hits every time they give him a start. I know. And then because of that, they just can't get, I think they just can't take him out of the lineup right now. Yeah. It's, it's Corey Dickerson. This is not going to continue.
1: No, no. It's just a heater. That's all it that is.
2: Bye. I, so I did, did you bid on him in any leagues? On- uh,
1: I did pick him up in like a 12, one place where I've got like, yeah, everybody stinks. Um, so yeah, I did, but I don't really believe I just, I need Mr. Right now, not Mr. Right.
2: Yeah. I looked at him and then I didn't end up trying to get him, but I thought about it. It it was more like, he's just so hot that maybe I just want to take a shot and try to get in on him. Well, you know what I mean? Like just maybe for another week or two, he could just keep this going or he'll at least get playing time because he's so hot right now that they'll just use him. But, uh, anyways, in the end I didn't, I didn't grab him. So maybe it has a little, not too much to do with Carlson like a little bit I mean if Carlson's playing well enough he keeps the playing time but maybe it's got a little more to do it's just Carlson's having a ho-hum season 708 OPS Dickerson starts collecting two hits every time they start him yeah yeah uh, maybe about, Dickerson cools down
1: how about Garrett Mitchell? Do you do you have any of him so far
2: he was in the waterfall but no uh, how about you
1: he uh fell uh, I did not get him either. I, I, I went to go look right now though. And Yahoo friends and family to see if I could pick him up because the speed is what's got me intrigued. Yeah. He's a fast dude.
2: Yep. I, I was interested. I was a little worried about playing time mm-hmm. and for, and that was one of the things that kind of, I just was a little unsure. Like he just played his first game right on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I, like, I, I tried to read about him a bit and in the end Maybe should have gone after. Him. Well, it's easy to say now. He had a homer and a steal, so yeah. <laughs> it's easy to say now. But in the end, I, I was a little worried about playing time. It was in my league with Jeff Zimmerman. We kind of needed someone we could use this week. We took Tony Kemp, who's not exciting at all, but oh. but he they every game this week for the A's is against a righty. Three of them are against the Nats. Mm-hmm. Worst rotation maybe in baseball. Tony Kemp made sense as a one dollar rental this week. So sure. I, again, now Garrett Mitchell already has a homer and a steal, so he was the right answer. But I didn't maybe didn't that coming. Maybe well, yeah, if I even if I got a homer and steal out of Tony Kemp this week, I'd be really really happy.
1: Well, yeah. so. you, Well, I mean, why else? I mean, you should expect it. I mean, he owes it to you at this. He point. He does. He
2: owes me the steal. I'll, I don't care about the homer. I want the stolen base. I want one stolen base from Tony Kemp this week. That's what he's in the lineup for.
1: Yeah. Well, and you raise a good point though too. It's like this this time of year, you're picking up some players that might trigger a gag reflex, but you need yep. them. They can do a very particular set of skills, uh, to yeah. uh, rephrase Liam Neese. Yeah, there, Tony but. Kemp,
2: six righties, terrible pitching staff in the first part of the week. You needed a guy, he's he's almost a hundred percent for sure getting dropped next Sunday, but like for one week, and that matters so much right now.
1: That's Ben Gamble for us, same thing, yeah, lefty facing six righties, and it's like, okay, well, he's gonna play. We had Eloy, we had, and we picked up the kid, uh, Matthias uh, from Texas as like our fail safe if Eloy couldn't play, but Eloy's in the lineup tonight. So yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll roll with him, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, you have to just be on top of things and be ready to put in some pretty gnarly names. Uh, it's only going to get worse in September too.
2: Absolutely. I mean, just looking at, and rosters are going to expand, although they don't expand much. I no, know it's and Scott, like we're talking spots, about that. Right? I, yeah, yeah. I know you and Scott were talking about that yesterday and that that's actually really good for fantasy managers maybe because right. it's a little less to keep track of and it's a little more authentic if you can bring up one hitter and one pitcher at least the hitter you bring up is probably someone who you're kind of interested who who the team is kind of interested in rather than right. just calling up eight players and we have no idea yeah. right who uh you know who who they're really interested in who they're just going to sit on the bench all month so that will be really interesting on september 1st is to see who gets called up i know for example the astros have already said hunter brown's coming up -hmm. It's going to take Verlander's spot in the rotation. Brown. I think he
1: leads the Pacific Coast League in ERA too. Uh,
2: Yeah, he's like he—he'll be someone I think who a lot of people will be interested in. We'll see how his debut goes, but I think uh, he'll—he'll be someone that a lot of people are interested in. He has a two-five-five ERA and a one-zero-eight WHIP. People opponents are hitting one-eighty-six against him. Yeah, I don't think
1: Brown is going to go in until next week, though. Uh, Oh, okay. Because Christian Javier is going to pitch tomorrow. Yep. Uh, I read right. a note on that. He's going to start Wednesday's game. Uh, right. And they had already said that they're kind of thinking about – they're leaning towards going with a uh, five-man rotation in the short term because of off days. I don't know if this Verlander injury changes that. So I'd probably pump the brakes on Hunter Brown. I, I don't know how much it, he's going to get – how much work he's going to get. I
2: thought – yeah, I thought it – when I first read – when I read the initial reports, I thought I read that he was called up to start. So if he's called mm-hmm. up to start, then – even if it's one of every six games that I might be interested in. him. if he's called up as a long reliever, then obviously then I'm not going to be.
1: Uh, And I think it's, uh, he will be, they said now they're going to call him up when rosters expand, that would be on Thursday. So that also kind of maybe suggests that there, he might just have a hybrid role, but I mean, he he is, uh, he's one of their prospects, uh, our number 78 prospect on there. So one of their top guys because Houston's farm system. Finally is pretty thin. It's gotten so much mileage over the years, but 134 strikeouts and 106 innings at Triple A pitched. Actually, you know, had eight starts, eleven games in Triple A last year too. So, uh, but he's young. He's just not he's not inexperienced, but he is young. Mm -hmm. Um, Only five homers allowed in 106 innings, 134 Ks. Yeah, there's a lot to like here.
2: Yep, absolutely. Um, In that transaction, by the way, Jake Myers was sent down which yep. kind of further cements Chaz McCormick as a regular for them. And yeah. he's someone who I felt like was kind of bouncing on and off waivers in the last couple of weeks. And to those who have landed on him right now, I think he might be a keeper.
1: Yeah. The thing about Chaz McCormick, though, is he's banged up a little bit. Too. He is he banged up a time little bit. some over the weekend.
2: He, he is. But I felt like that was more of a day-to-day thing. Um, I right. right.
1: They haven't but put but him on the IL yet. Yeah. Uh, so, you're, Jordan Alvarez is sitting out today, down. by the way, too, because of
2: his hand right. thing. Right. Yeah. Yes. There's someone who's, like Jordan Al- Alvarez obviously had an awesome season, but he was, uh, you know, a month ago when we were doing this podcast, he was right at the top for OPS. He's kind of dropped down a little bit now. He's like, you know, about a good 50 points or so behind yeah. Goldschmidt and Judge.
1: For what it's yeah. worth, Chas McCormick is back in the lineup tonight, although he is go. batting ninth. Uh, so, right. eh, I'd like to see him like seventh. But...
2: Yes, yes. It's a good lineup. It's a long lineup, but yeah, you'd like yeah. to see him not ninth.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially with yeah. Alvarez out. You want him like one step higher than he would would have been otherwise. Yeah. Uh anybody else you want to hit on before we sign up for today?
2: Okay, who's the leader? I have to ask you this because you're like I feel like you'll have a good opinion on this. Who's the leader in AL MVP voting right now? Is it Judge? He's probably gonna hit about fifty-five homers. He just or hit it, fifty. Or is it Otani? He might hit
1: sixty. He might hit sixty this or year. Or
2: is it Otani who like, is just again, again this year doing something. He's pitching better this year. He is. So is it, like, Otani won last year. Now, I know last year Otani didn't have to beat the season that Judge is having right now. Mm-hmm. But Otani's going to probably hit about 35 homers and be one of the best pitchers in the American League. Like, he's got a 267 ERA. He's going to strike out 200 batters this year. He might hit 35 homers and strike out 200 batters.
1: You You make lots of good arguments, but it's going to be Judge.
2: Just because this is a magical hitting season and they won't be able to resist it.
1: Well, and the team difference is just yep, so that will help him too. too. Judge yep. is minus nine hundred on the DraftKings Sportsbook. is back to plus five hundred. Wow. For a while that pendulum swung and Otani was actually in the lead. But it's gonna take just uh, it's gonna take a miracle for Otani to be judged at this point in time. And it's they're gonna go one, two. And by the way, it's no crime if one wins over the other. Both of these guys no. are like Peak seasons, like there, there's no shame in either one of these guys I, mean, I would not get into histrionics at all uh over that. I think it's, I think it's still a legit race. But you know what? The NL race is more over than the AL race. Did you know, what? you know, Goldschmidt is yeah. minus fourteen hundred.
2: Yeah, he's he's over a hundred OPS points ahead of the next guy in the That's just in the crazy NL. Crazy how much. And, then, he's ahead and the of next guy's Arenado. Like on his team, Correct. he's not aaronado's not surpassing Goldschmidt. To the yeah. same voter then you're down to freeman and bets like it's it's easily it's goldschmidt yeah. yeah he would have to be he'd have to miss september basically with an injury or something to not win it
3: Who's i think in the, i
2: think in the al i would vote for otani just for the record if i had a vote i just think we've seen magical we've seen great hitting seasons like judge is doing i think i would i and i don't think Otani's going to be able to do this forever i'd love i hope he does Mm-hmm. But I, it's not one of those, you know what I mean, where you get like the superstar and you're like, hey, he's amazing every year. Let's give it to the other guy this year. I don't think Otani, we can count on him being one of the best hitters and pitchers in baseball, like for the next seven years or right. something.
3: Like right. It would be
2: great if he can, but I can't count on it. I think I would give him the MVP. Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, let's talk Cy Young real quick. Uh, Sandy has staked out an even bigger lead in the Cy Young uh, voting yeah. after the events of last week. To the point where we have a new second-place person, second-highest second, second highest odds, uh, according to the DraftKings Sportsbook. Who do you think it is?
2: Second-highest odds. So, so it's not It's not it's Burns, not Burns That's anymore. Hand. And it's not, it can't be Gonsolin because he's hurt. It's not Gonsolin. Um Second-highest odds. I'm going to go with Max Fried.
1: Correct. Okay. Well done.
2: Okay. I remember looking up Pitcher War recently, and his was surprisingly high. I thought about Arias, but... Yeah, Freed at Freed's. Yeah. There's no chance. Like he's gonna. I very very small chance. It's like Goldschmidt. El has it.
1: Right. Uh, I do not see the AL version of that, which is interesting. That's, a, he-
2: that's a really neat one now. With Verlander out too, is the mm-hmm. AL one? Depends how long Verlander's out. It should be it could be McClanahan now mm-hmm. ceases, it ceases in the running. I think. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think Verlander, Verlander was the clear leader, but it depends how much time he misses.
1: Yeah. Finally, Rookie of the Year in both leagues, it's a two-horse race. Uh, in the AL, it's Julio versus Rushman. And Rushman, you know, Julio is a pretty heavy favorite, minus yeah, 450 to plus 350 for Rushman. And then a pretty big, it's 4,500 for Witt. For the NL, it's two Braves. Strider, minus 165. Michael Harris, plus 120. And then it's all the way to 10,001 for a slew of different players. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, there is no one else. It's just those two.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I got to think that it's, I think Rodriguez wins it easily in the AL. Although Bobby Witt's numbers aren't that much worse. When you look at them, he's about 60 OPS points behind him. Like if Bobby would had a really strong finish to the season, he could end up ahead of Rodriguez and homers. He's already ahead of him in steals. He could catch him in OPS. He could beat him in runs. He could beat him in RBIs. Bobby would could get his name in there, He but could, I, but I think it's Rodriguez Seattle's in the playoffs too.
1: Yeah. He's ending those super long playoff drought. They've signed yeah. him to the long-term contract. All these things kind of apply. And
2: as much as I love Harris, I think I would pick Strider. Yeah.
1: I think I so think- too. I think yeah. so too, but yeah, uh, it, it's just we just know it's going to be a brave. Uh, Paulie agrees with you, by the way. He says, in an era where a home run has become commonplace, why voters have put so much on breaking the record for Judge confuses him. Uh, how long can Otani last? Vote? Good questions. I'll say this though: home runs are way down this year. They, right. you know, they're not as commonplace as you think. It's a harder year to hit home runs. The fact that Judge is on a Maris pace.
2: He could you know, be 20 homers against ahead of the next guy by the end of the year. Like he's 14 yeah. ahead of Schwarber right now. He's 17 ahead of the next guy Goldschmidt. Like Judge could finish the year, maybe even 20 homers ahead of the next guy. Yeah,
1: I don't think. Yeah, I think I it, think you're illustrating it's, it's amazing how far ahead he is so compared yeah. to the other hitters, especially in the AL. You name two NL hitters as the next two, so I think that's the next, the next AL team. yeah, is
2: all the way down at 31. Yep. So yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I do get that judges are very, very worthy candidate to win MVP, better than the people who have won MVP in many other seasons. Right. It's
1: kind of similar to last year, though. Vlad nearly had a triple crown and yeah. Otani was just Otani. And Otani's been better this year, as a pitcher at least. Uh maybe not as maybe not quite as much as a hitter, but he's been awesome as a hitter too. I mean, yeah. Like you said, you can't go wrong with either two. That's the that's my that's been my argument all along. All right, guys, thank you so much for chiming in. Thanks for everybody listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball podcast. Uh, we'll be back at you again next week. And uh, we got James with the Prospect Pod tomorrow. I got Paul Spore Thursday morning uh, on the RotoWire Fantasy P- uh, Baseball podcast. So excited about that one, too. Thanks for listening. Take care.
3: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.